Dable, the Rising Sun Hotel, South Melbourne, are our sponsors for the month of June. That is absolutely epic news, Mads. Look, they're synonymous with the Swannies, Dable, from the days of Bobby Skelton to now with Buddy Franklin. And I can tell you as fact, Mads, that there is no better atmosphere in Melbourne for all the Swannies home games than getting down to the Rising Sun at number two Raglan Street, South Melbourne. Well, you're amongst friends. Beer's flowing, and maybe you can even get stuck into some of the True Bloods cocktails, Dable. Sounds like a bloody good idea, Mads. Jeez, this is the most one-eyed podcast. (laughs) It's what we're here to do. Let's go. Let's actually go. For mine, boys. For yours, then. I'm about to blow a gasket in here. You've kicked three goals for the day, Dable. What is going on? Damaging team. Damaging disposal. He's been... Very, very average. Our best is the best in the competition. This is True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Back in the Image Online studio in Abbotsford to review the unfortunate loss to the Lions, Uh, the upcoming clash against the Eagles and everything else. Sydney Swans joined as always by Madison Clark. How are you, Mads? I'm well, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Yeah, Basically used to uh, losing games of footy at the moment. Uh, yeah. we, we've ran into a few this year, unfortunately, but it wasn't all doom and gloom uh, on the weekend. But at the same time, there is definitely some improvements to come out of that game as well. Well, I mean, we went to the riser to watch it. We did. Which we was got, nice. That was spontaneous. It was. We got down there at the uh, the last minute to, what was it, a little bit of a presentation so, for some past players. Yeah, basically what happened was the rising sun, Ernie in particular, uh, presented Henry Playfair and Josh Kennedy with a jumper. Yeah. Interesting mix of players they were presenting with jumpers. Yeah, two ends of the spectrum. Very, sure. very, very much so. Uh, but it was good. Yep. Henry Playfair um, and Josh Kennedy both did a speech. It was really good. Yeah, it was, it was good. good. Who was there? Me, you, Liz, uh, Maddie Donnelly. Yeah, the lovely Beck got yep. down. She got down and... Um, Had the last laugh, unfortunately, being a Brisbane Lions supporter. There was two of them in there. There was two of them in <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, dangerous times. No, but... Look, I think you and I sort of differ on this loss a little bit. Yeah, I think I we do. I think we have different opinions. Yep. Do you want to go through yours first? Yeah, I just think it, it flatters us a lot, um, the, the scoreboard. If, you know, if Brisbane took... Yeah, because you have to deep dive into these games sometime. You can't be like, oh, yeah, well, we've missed goals too and it was nice for someone to miss against us when you really got to look at the crux of the game and what happened and... It it was just a, a frustrating from a point of view of dominating periods of time again as we have against some some good opposition this year and just not being able to put it on the scoreboard like that there were parts in that second quarter and and parts in that third quarter where I just thought we were playing sensational footy it was great we we were winning the territory battle. Our inside 50 tackle count was sensational that we haven't seen in, in past games. And it, it, it was just overall frustrating for me. And, you know, the umpiring decisions going against mm. us and, and that type of thing. But, yeah, overall, I just walked out of that game frustrated. And I, I, I thought we were, we were flattered. But that is not to say that there weren't some good things to come out of it. But, look, I mean... I appreciate what you're saying. I understand, you know, they, they in terms of scoring shots, you know, they they could have theoretically 
beaten us by 60 points. Yeah. I completely appreciate 32 that, scoring right? shots to 21. Oh, I think I may be... The way I'm looking at it at the moment, and I, I felt pretty flat after that Saints game. Yeah. I felt horrible after the Port game, the GWS game, um, you know, even that North Melbourne game, right? Yeah. And so I'm trying to just simplify the way I look at it, right? And I'm just looking at intent, yeah, and really what we're what we're trying to do. I want to see us trying to take the game on, I w- and I want to see us sort of adapting um, our game when things are going against us. I thought there were periods right where they got dominant, yeah, and we did a lot of absorbing really well, yeah, and we put the pressure on. We tackled very very well all night. Very well all night. Let me see where we sort of landed in relation 71 to 71 to 59. You know, that to me is a good indicator. These yep. are all good indicators. I'm I'm trying to look at it from a perspective that we are building. And I think there were guys there that played games, you know, sort of Nick Blakey didn't have as much of an impact last week. You know, there's been injuries. He, I thought he was back to, to really helping us in terms of breaking lines. Um, I thought Angus Sheldrick was massive in that yeah. third quarter. Man, that third quarter, he he really announced himself. He only had it seven times, right? But he was really damaging in what he did. Put, put two snags on the board. So I, I just look at sort of things like that. Did we get overrun? Not as badly as we have in other games. No. You we, know? We, we showed a bit. We matched it, you know, it's 16 points. I know they've kicked 13, 19. But to to lose to the, the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba, and these are one of the potential grand final contenders, right? Yeah. I think that's a pretty good effort. Yeah, and that it's one thing I do not question whatsoever is, is effort, right? But... We yeah I I don't know I just walked out of there frustrated it's it's just you know we're capable of so much more and and if we start to you know capitalize on some of that dominance that we're having in games like dead set dominance they've got a a class midfield pack in there you got Lockie Neal you got Josh Dunkley and, and the list goes on and then you get you know you got these superstars up forward you got Charlie Cameron and, and Joe Danaher right you got superstars all over the park. And to dominate a side like that and, you know, for the midfield to get on top of those yeah. guys and, and Harry Cunningham play one of the ultimate oh. lockdown roles on Charlie Cameron. Hats off to Harry Cunningham. He's been the whipping boy of a few people uh, for sure. And it's so good to see Harry perform like that. But to, to guys to execute their role like that and then not be able to put that scoreboard pressure on, It's just frustration for me. Undeniably. And this is where you want guys like Papley to step up. Yeah. You know, you've got a Franklin free forward line. I remember thinking in the first quarter, I think I said to Matt Donnelly, I'm like, this just looks so much more natural. You know, it it really looked so much more natural. There wasn't a gaggle of players going up to a pack with Buddy Franklin in the middle of it. We were we were manufacturing different avenues to goal, and that's what makes us so so much more. Um, you, you, just just confusing for teams when we're going forward. Yeah, yeah, right? you, you and, just don't have the focal point, and but but the focal point can be there in in a Joel Armadi or you know a. a Dostridge, you know? Dostridge. <laughs> um, 
but these are these are the things, and we've said that for a while about Buddy. You know, if he's available, you you just have to select him. But we just looked in that first quarter specifically, and, and this is where we we didn't put the scoreboard pressure on. Sort of post that, yeah. I thought the first quarter we were we were pretty pretty good going forward. Yeah, yeah, and we and we took our opportunities in that quarter. You know, what did we kick the four goals to? Went in. T- to the the break with a bit of a buffer, which was nice, and yeah, we we're doing a lot of things great, and and we did for long periods of time. But there, there's just something wrong in the in the makeup of what we're doing out there to concede as many inside fifties as as we have. We've conceded the sixty six inside fifties, and it, it's just very hard for. You know, a backline which is undermanned and doesn't have the continuity that is required to, you know, really be able to hold firm in in times of crisis. It, it's it, it's not a good trait to be conceding so many inside fifties, and I, I think that does come from a structural point of view and a setup point of view. It, it's something that has to improve, Mads. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't. You can't have teams doing that to you, left, right, no. and centre. And, I mean, and, and this is this is part and parcel of why, you know, you saw Chad out on his feet yeah. at the end of the game, and most of them were out on their feet at the end of the game because you've got the ball coming in. What? How many times? 60, 66. 66 times into the defensive fifty, and for a lot of those times, the uh, the forward line were playing right up on on the the defensive fifty. You know, yeah. so a lot of people were were doing an awful lot of running. Um, which which isn't a sustainable way to play football, yeah. especially against the better sides in the comp. And that's you know we we lost that game. We we couldn't we couldn't really run out that game. There were periods where the game was up for grabs in the fourth quarter, and even the prime movers, your juzzies and everything like that, looked like they had lead in their boots because they were they were just cooked. Yeah, and and yeah, not being able to you know take the most of our opportunities like there were. A few goals there that, if kicked, you know, we're we're, we're really in that game. Like if uh, old Will Haywood had kicked his second in ten minutes, that would have been really nice, and and really would have put the pressure on him, oh, yeah. turned the screws, and we, we we I don't think we we deserve to win that game with the way it sort of played out, but. It, we were in it up to our eyeballs for ninety percent of that game. That, that's what I mean, and and that was more so what I chose to focus on. Yeah. M- leaving that game and going, well, actually, you know, we were, you know, the scoreboard flattering us aside, we matched it with with a grand final contender potentially. So, I, I took a lot from that, and, and I took a lot from, uh, you know. Your James Rowbottoms, your Nick Blakey's, your the Errol Goulden's. Your Luke Parkers. Your Luke Parkers. Yeah, the, the, the intent of the guys in there. This is where. Gus Sheldrick. I, I, I just can't quite work it out, right? Because you get you got Parker in there cracking in. You've got Rowbottom cracking in. They've had 22 tackles between them. You've got Parker having 10 clearances, Rowie with six. Yet, you know that. We're conceding 66 inside 50s. Like that, that core group is is trying their guts out. And what have we lost the the clearances by? Maybe nine or ten, I think. And, so and, and yeah. that and that's the way we're going to play. Where I'm not expecting to win that that stat. But just got to keep it even. Just keep it even, or, or or just slightly get beaten, and then you know that we've got to rely on our foot skills and, and our cleanliness with the ball 
to be able to hurt teams and they we were just a, a little bit too fatigued and a you know a, a little not quite good enough to be able to really turn the screws and and put the pressure on yeah. at the end of the day yeah do you think I mean, I think it was it was a game for mine, Deep. For yours, Matt. Where we really missed a Logan McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, I, I would have loved for him to be a focal point. For because sure. Because he's kicking those goals that we missed. Yeah, he's a really good kick for goal. And I think Joel's done a great job coming back in. But he, he's still underdone, mate. He's underdone, but, you know, he had the... The six contested marks, I think. Yep. Well, six marks, three contested. Getting to contest, I don't think it's a lack of, of getting to contest. And I think he did miss that set shot that he did have in one of the quarters too. But you know, I, I, I think... And, and Logan's going to be underdone when he comes back Yeah, too, Logan's going to be underdone. You know what I mean? It, it's gonna, gonna it's going to take time. But I, I like, really liking what Amadi's bringing. And he can be a, a real weapon. Sort of that... that guy who's a little bit taller and, you know, just gets that reach on players. Mate, I love him. Yeah. He's, he's made a believer out of me. I, yeah. I didn't think he was yeah. up to I, standard. I, I, I put, put my hand up and say, realistically, I was like, eh, you know, he's fine. He's really good, man. Yeah. The, the, you, you compare his marking ability to Franklin's. It's night and day. It is. It is. And, that, uh, yeah, as you mentioned earlier on, it was the the – the becoming of, of Angus Sheldrick. Oh yeah, where he, he cracks in. He, he's you know he's been played in his proper position, and to show the class that he did kept us in the game. To, yeah, to show him the class the class that he did to finish on you know the opposite foot from forty five under pressure just shows the type of player that that Gus can be, and you know that then followed up with it with the second ten minutes later as well. That that's a player who gets in dangerous positions, works hard to get into those positions. And yeah, he's got a really bright future. I think and, he does. Um, I, I think he's got to stay in this side. Simply must play. Simply must keep playing. I thought, yeah, I mean, look, man, at the end of the day, we lost to Brisbane by 16 points. And, yeah. and it sucks. And, and what you're saying is valid. I, I just think we've got, to, we've got to crack in with the cattle that we've got. Because I think not having Tom McCartan and Paddy McCartan is... From a structural perspective, let's take out the defensive side of it, right? Yeah. From a structural perspective, I think it it hampers other players. You know, it makes it does make Nick Lakey play sort of a a, a more standoffish role. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed having Malikin back there. Yeah. Um, for sure, and obviously Cunningham did a great job on Charlie Cameron. Now, why doesn't Cunningham play that role more? Yeah, it's. I suppose you've got to have the. The, the matchup, it's the small, the, the t- sounds it's, stupid, the, the taller small, right, who, who's quick. That, that's where, of, there's a lot of those. There's one in every team. Yeah, it's like, a, he, like he goes to a Toby Green next time, for sure. Like Absolutely. He showed he can do that. Absolutely. And, and Charlie Cameron, and they're, they're talking about, you know, the players that they were talking about on the way in on Champion yep. Data. You yep. know, it's a, it's a funny sort of niche, but it's... He, he showed something there that can be so vital to winning games. Very similar to what Ryan Clark was doing last, you know, year. last year. I have a question about Papley. Yes. If you've kicked one goal and you've had no clearances, I'd put it to you that you haven't had a great game. No, as definitely Tom not. Papley. Definitely not. And I don't know what's I don't know what's happening, but he's not the same Papley. Uh, that we know and love. Yep. 
which is frustrating me because, you know, this is... You want him to bob up and kick three. And if yeah. he kicks three, we win the game. Yeah. You know? Well, he sort of had had the opportunity to do that, didn't he? That that around the corner that he's been that he, so good at. And he just hit on the wrong side fat, of the ball. Fat side of the ball, man. That's it's, his bread and butter, D-ball. Yeah, miss, missing it by that far is simply not good enough. Yeah. Set shot-wise. Set shot, you got time to settle yourself. Execute your skills. That's that's not good enough, and that would have come at a really important time, which would have put the scoreboard pressure on in that second quarter. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, perhaps he's bang out of form as well, bro. Uh, you, you say it. He, he's only kicked the goal. He's had the one clearance, and he, he's not making the impact when he does go into well, the. This, into this the, what I mean. He had seven CBAs. Seven CBAs. Big and Phil start. Didn't didn't get one center clearance. So, yep. the, and this is what we love about Papley. We love being having him there. We're getting done in the clearances. Get in there. Get a clearance. Yeah. And he's just not not sort of doing it. You know. And, and I really like that about him that we can go. If you're not kicking goals, hey, throw him in the middle. He'll yep. be impactful there. But he just just wasn't impactful. Yeah. Um, and it's a concern, man. For, for sure. It, it is, it is. Now, but, Will Haywood. Yeah. He, the, probably the biggest concern uh, of sitting in the 22 at the moment. If you're a betting man, you almost always could say, you know, any time or, or two plus. And he's just not. He's just not as consistent, nowhere near as consistent as he's been, and he's barely noticeable in games at the moment. Yeah, he, he's drifting out of the game for too long. Yep. it's There's no doubt about that. And even that set shot that he had, you know, the, what was it, ten, five minutes after he had that first one, yep. just looked like a man low on confidence. Well, and he ran far too close to the man on the mark yeah. as well. It it was it did look bereft of confidence. Bereft of confidence, and you just you want Wilbur to be playing well because we know at his best he is such a good player. But it's been a a real decline on the form that that he showed last year. He's so talented. He, man. he was such a big reason for us um, for playing such good footy last Especially year. Especially in that prelim, man. Yeah, mate. Just such a such a talented player, and you know worked hard to get into that side after being dropped. It could have even been the year before that he didn't start the team year in the team, and since then he had played you know thirty five to forty games of high class football. But uh, along with with a lot of things in our side at the moment, it's just not quite clicking for Will Hayley. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of something a bit strange and not clicking. I'm just curious as to why Aaron Francis goes forward in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because I just don't see any reason why he needed to. Yeah, well... You've got... You know, he's sort of mid-size, plays tall. You got... We didn't need another marking target up there. Yeah. It baffled me a little bit. There was a few funny things like that. Robbie Fox playing forward. Yeah, that was... Yeah, well... I, I, I appreciate I, I throwing the magnets yeah. around. I, I like it. Yeah, I was. I'm just. I would. I would love to understand the concept and the theory behind it. Yeah, it's not. It's not Foxy's not the magnet man. Like Foxy yeah, had Foxy's been perfect. so so consistent is. off half back and having his twenty to twenty five and run and carry and which is what we've needed. It just wasn't the magnet to move. But I'm sure he'll be going back there this week. But. 
Yeah, it, it was an interesting one. Now, Debel, it's been on your Instagrams, it's been on your Facebooks, it's been on your TikToks, I believe. Braden Campbell's left foot. Absolutely berserk, and we'll f- hear from the great man very soon. But, oh, mate, it, it's, it came at such an important time. It's, it's, it's a dead set weapon, Mads. 65, 70 metres out, that was. Berserk. Well, it, it carried 70. Absolutely There's no doubt berserk. about that. It's uh we've we've got to find a way to really use it as we did, you know, Errol's left foot and wasn't he good on the weekend? He's had his twenty seven. He's, He's kicked, kicked you two, two goals. Snacks. And and the, Errol is the epitome of what we want to do. Take your opportunities. Like that turnover, bro, where they turn it over in, in the back and he slots he takes the mark, slots from forty five. That's how you need to damage poise, turnover. With a bit of poise, just confidence, just I'm going to take this on myself and I'm going to make them pay. And, and he did. And knows he's good enough to execute the skill. Just so full of confidence, man. And, and we just need to get some confidence into some of these players. Yeah, man. It's uh, Buller? Yeah, tough game to come in. Uh, holding judgment. You know, I thought he competed hard at a few times. Uh you know, created a good contest, but, you know, did struggle to impact himself on the game. And just like a few things, like that, that kick over the top, which didn't quite get to him mm. in that first quarter, you know, if that goes to hand, you know, it, it can all change very quickly. But one thing I did like was the, the game of the hick. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he competed really well against Oscar McInerney, and I, I sort of I haven't whacked Hick, but I think he's been struggling, and I, I think that is because of the injuries and the inconsistencies that he, we've oh, had in the game, right? Mate. And, and it's not a whack, but, the, you know, I'll pump up his tyres when, when he goes well, too. I, I thought he competed really hard in that against Oscar McInerney, one of the, the better ruckmen in the comp. He's had the 34 hit-outs. We only, and, we only just lost the hit-outs, right? Yeah. And, and I thought, you're, you're right, I thought Hickey, what do you have, 34 hit-outs or yeah. something? I thought Hickey competed well all night. This is the thing. He's always going to compete. It's just whether his body can go with it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it takes, uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now, Deeble, if I have a look here, bear with me just a very brief moment. Looking for a stat on the hick. Uh, well, Hick's 32. Yeah. I'm 33. Yeah. I can imagine, how, and, and, you know, I'm not as tall as Tom Hickey, but I can imagine, it just, things move a little bit slower yeah. when you're this age, Deeble. They do, mate. And so, yeah, there has to be leeway for that. But, I mean, he yeah, he cracked in. Oscar McInerney is a, a pretty powerful ruckman. Very, very different sort of body shape to, to Tom Hickey. And I thought he did really well. Yep, and we'll be uh, missing... Float Hickey Ford. Don't float Aaron Francis Ford. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is about floating Francis Ford, right? Always tends to have a shot on goal. I think he's quite... This is my consensus of Aaron Francis. I think he's a very... He's an IQ smart footballer, as in he, he can get into the right positions, but he's just lacking class. Like, they, if he kicks that goal, it's like, fuck Francis Ford, how good, right? He just doesn't finish his work. And, and up back, I find him running under the ball a little bit. And well, this, it, it's, this it's what frustrating. I mean. I, I don't necessarily agree with the, the footy IQ thing. Yeah. I think well, he it, knows that, like, the fundamentals, I think he does well. But he, yeah, maybe he, it's not IQ. But, like, you think about that um, Collingwood game. He had yeah. Two, two yeah. shots in, in 10 minutes. So it's like. It, maybe it's work rate that gets oh, him into that he's got, into that position. He's got you know? good hands, man. Yeah, he can mark a football. Yeah, it's an interesting one. 
will be missing some forward pressure next week. Yeah, Wixie's taking Wixie a holiday. Two. Not for the first time he's uh, gone with an act like that. I thought he was a bit stiff. Yeah, man. Thought he was a bit stiff because he he actually he knew what he was doing and he pulled up. He could have he could have buried him. Yeah, he could have buried him and Look, he didn't. It, it's quite simple. If he if he tucks in his arm there, he gets a week instead of two because the the elbow flared out. Players just don't know what to do anymore. It comes down to confusion. The AFL, as they always do, make policy on the run. And no players know what they can or can't do anymore. And I know that relates to tackling. And I know you know that you can't elbow someone in the head. Yeah. But you just, I think, with so many different punishments for different things floating around, I can understand why people get confused. Yeah. I agree with that statement, but yeah, not with that act. No, Wixie's an angry angry boy. <laughs> he is a and we, and we love him We love it because he's, he's really bought something. Hit since the he's scoreboard been, again. Since he's been back in. Hit the scoreboard. And For that sure. was our knock on him, right? Yeah. That was our big knock on him. We're like, you need to be like Ben Rock. Yeah. <laughs> you need sure. to hit the scoreboard. Well, Wixie's hitting the scoreboard now, and it'll be good to get him back. Yeah. And then Lloydy being pretty consistent, you know, doing his job off half back. Um, we'll be missing the Liz this week. Failed um, his HIA, so he'll be out this week. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it. Well, didn't he, didn't he get subbed off? No, no. Boy got subbed off. Why am I thinking that? I don't know. That's bizarre. I don't know. We, no, we, no, because we thought he got subbed off, remember? I told Amanda Latham, she goes, where's Liz? I go, he's been subbed off. And then about 30 seconds later, there's Liz. Liz, back on. Yeah. That's where it's come yeah, from. Because yeah, 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 yeah. he had that uh, with the with the post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, Liz is all good. We'll so be, Liz we'll, is okay? We'll have Liz. Okay, good. Back this Jeez, week. Thank yeah, God. Okay. I've been thinking that all week. I'm like, fucking hell, no Lizard this week. And Buller was a tactical change. <laughs> Ch- yeah, that's right. I don't think we had any injuries. No, we didn't. You lunatic devil. Fucking see, this is, you just manifested in your own mind, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you've been worrying <laughs> about I it. I have, <laughs> I have. I've been like, oh, fucking no Lizard running off half back. That's going to be fucked, you know? <laughs> It's like, oh, we're only playing West Coast, but, you know, Lizard, yeah, yeah, no, Lizard these, would be nice. These are the games you want to see the Lizard tear apart. Tear apart, for sure. But, nah, that'll be good, mate. But, yeah, it's, it's just not quite happening it's for a, the boys. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's okay. just not quite it's happening. Okay. It's okay. As we said, it's never as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems. Yeah. And we're still missing a hell of a lot of talent. Yeah, well, that hell well, of a lot of talent. Who people. was out on the weekend? No Heaney. So no Heaney, no Mills, no Millsy. Yeah. Yep, um, they're, they're they're two biggies. Yeah, Could be coming they're back. Massive. In. They're massive, man. And then this is the thing: you sort of you don't want to be bringing back all these players at the one you time, can't. which I don't think they will. You can't. The the Tommy McCartan one's concerning. It's funny. You never hear about what's really going on with a concussion. Yeah. It was sort of, yeah, he's good to go after the break. Not picked. Why? Is he still having issues? Hope he's going he's okay. He's still listed as a test. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, has he just changed its structure? But at, at, at the same time, if, if Tommy's no good, Tommy's no good, like... You know, I think we we would just love clarity, so we're not speculating well, yeah, it every cor- week. Correct, and that that'd be good. But I think, I think when when I say from a structural perspective, it makes a big difference yeah. because, as we said, continuity is the biggest thing. Yeah. Right. And you got Malikan in there. You got Francis in there. I mean, they they they're all still learning about how yeah. each other play. You got Dane Rampey who was injured for a while. He's just coming back. So. 
I don't know. It's it's a wait and see. It's it's a great time to be playing West Coast. Now, do not mistake me. It's not just, a, oh, we're going to go belt West Coast, yeah. right? It's not like that at all. It's just good to sort of not be playing a top team yeah. and we can sort of settle and people can get, you know, another game of continuity because, you know, who knows? We, we have to operate under the guys that, you know, we're probably not going to have Tom McCartan again, probably still not going to have Mills again, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, for you sure. Know? But, mate, we might – we're going to switch up the order this week. We're, we're going to jump into the preview, and then we're going to make people wait for the interview. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay till it's the end. It's a teaser. Yeah, it's an absolute teaser. So we're gonna, we'll be back right after this with the preview for the West Coast game. You know what I love, Mads? What do you love, dude? I love the Swannies. Oh, so do I. You know what I hate, Mads? What do you hate? It's how no one talks about it. Oh, doesn't it just kill you? Now, Faithful, I need you to jump on your socials. We're on your Instagrams. We're on your Facebooks. So jump on there and give us a follow. If you listen on Spotify, follow and rate five stars. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars and leave us a glowing review. The Faithful support is what makes this potty what it is. Speaking words of wisdom. Up the Swannies. You know, Debo, I wasn't much of a dog person until I met my dog, Leo. He's a good boy, Leo. He's a good boy. You know where I leave him when I go to where work? Where do you leave him, Mads? I leave him in the capable hands of Matt Donnelly at Man's Best Friend Melbourne. He specialises in dog walking around the Stonington Council area, on lead only, small groups, uh, dog sitting overnight, and he also does puppy training one-on-one, Debo. Well, you find Matt Donnelly at Man's Best Friend Melbourne on your Instagrams, Mads, and he's on your Facebooks as well. So hit up Matty and he'll get you sorted. Jeez, I think Leo could do it with a bit of that one-on-one training, Deeble. Mention the pod and book any service and get a swan's dog tag engraved. How good is that? Welcome back to True Bloods. Deeble, we are playing the West Coast Eagles this Saturday night. Uh, Saturday afternoon, I should say. 4.45? Four, yeah, 4.30, 4.45, something like that. It's always weird it with is. the Western Australian time. It is, mate. It is, but it's in Sydney, so we don't have to worry about that Western Australian time. I see, I've cocked that yeah. up again. <laughs> That's all right, mate. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, definitely not just a chalk it up in the book type of game. It's not, mate. and it can't be looked at that way in any way, shape, or form because uh, I'll tell you what, we're not that crash on either. So... Sitting in the bottom four. Yes. Which is not where we thought we'd slightly be. Slightly concerning when you look at the ladder, faithful. And it made me a bit sick in my stomach when I saw it when Carlton had that win on the weekend. Especially but. since I told anyone who would listen <laughs> that they are so dumb for insinuating that we wouldn't be back in the top four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're, they're being proven right, but the season's not over yet. Season's mate. There's, not over. there's still a lot to play out. Season's not over, and we're not over with. So we've got West Coast now. They they're due to have a couple of reinforcements back. I don't know what it is with that club. I know they've had injuries. I get that, but I mean to be for for the gap to be that big. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I think it's a, a classic case of recruiting not pulling. Pulling off, you know that they, they sold the absolute. They sold the farm for Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly, and he, he's been pretty good for he's them. Come in, good, yeah. In all honesty, he had a slow start to the season, but even his overall body of work the last three years has been pretty good. But they have not been able to perform as a footy side. They got a real dangerous forward in Oscar Allen, who is up there in the Coleman Medal for sure, man. One of the and best. He, whoever gets him, is going to have his work cut out. It'll probably be Big Lewis. I Lewis, think it'll be Malakai. 
can. Louis Melly absolutely can. <laughs> it's not Melly cannot, it's Melly can. <laughs> Let's go, Lewis. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Surely that's I think he, he would go to him. Um, you've got the aging Luke Shuey, every chance to do a hamstring or a soft tissue. Dom Sheed picks up and, and he's your you're accumulator. He's a good there. player. Good player. I think, yeah, Tim Kelly's been an interesting one because when that deal happened, people thought, well, hold on, they've sold the farm for a packet of chips here. But he's come really good. He's yeah. come really good, and he's, uh, you know, he he's going to be someone that we have to watch out for. That could be a head-to-head with Lukey Parker. I think it'd have to be. For sure. He's got the, the build to go with him. I'll tell you what, Lukey Parker just looked like a man dead set possessed on the weekend. That snap that he, ha- he had out of the contest was berserk. Yep. It's, so, that was a captain's goal. That was, come along with me, boys. I'm going to try to get us there. I'm going to try to pull us over the line. But, yeah, I, I think it's a big job for him on Tim Kelly. Elliot Yo has come into a bit of form um, after, you know, being injury-riddled as well. And I'll tell you, if you, you think Tim Kelly is a disappointment, Andrew Gaff was one of the premier yeah. uh wingman in the competition, a couple of All-Australians, I'm pretty sure. He, there's a player who's gone backwards. Well, it's funny because he probably thought that they were in for a big period, the West Coast Eagles, because he knocked back big money. Yeah, big to come back to money Melbourne. in Melbourne. Yeah. And uh, I think he would have a few sleepless nights at the moment, <laughs> sure. to be honest. Well, he'd still be getting paid his good money back yeah, then. Yeah, still, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, they're competitors, right? They want to be. Success. Yeah, they want the on-field success. Yeah. Um, we go okay against West Coast. We've um, only lost to them sort of, I think, two out of the last six times we've got the wood over them. Yeah. Um, I think that in terms of people going in and coming out, we discussed at the Rising Sun yeah. potentially bringing out Will Haywood. Yeah. I just don't know who you would bring in for him. Yeah. Now, there's your Ryan Clark that got dropped. Do you bring him back in immediately? I'm not 100% sure. It's not really the game for him. As we know, he's best playing a role. Yeah. There's not really a role for him to play this week, I wouldn't have thought. I agree. I think we need to play a really free-flowing running game this week. I don't know if Ryan Clark's the right choice, but I don't know who else you'd bring in for him. Yep, so Wicks makes his way out of the side as well. So there's one forced change. I think Dill probably comes back in. I thought Dill's intent, just going back to that game, he only had the three touches, but he, he did crack in. Yep. He did crack in. I know uh, who said. I think Mitchie said he shirked a couple of contests. I didn't see it. I thought his intent was really good. Yeah. Um. And, and I think he will definitely start on the field this week. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously that that player coming in and there. Well, someone's got to come in for Nick Blakey's concussion. Yeah. Oh, thank God that's not happening. I'm. I'm actually so relieved that that's not happening. It's. It's good. Jack Buller. Does he get another crack? You'd could, hate- could well could well give him another crack. Or, or you've got that. Who else is waiting in the wings? There's that Harry Arnold. He's a defender, isn't he? Yep, defender. I don't. I think he'll be doing a bit of an apprenticeship. Yep. Maybe Buller does get another crack. Hold, holds his spot with Jeremy Jeremy McGovern, Tom Barras. Well, there's two key backs. Yep. Um, and Liam Duggan supposedly coming back into the West Coast side as well. Are we a bit tall with McLean, Amadi, Buller? 
it does look tall, for sure. It's a bit weather-dependent, but if you've got a nice Saturday afternoon there at the SCG, I don't mind it. And Jeez, it'll get dewy at that time of day. It will. It will. Robbie Fox goes back, obviously. And honestly, I'd be dropping Francis as well, man. They're the, they're the two for me. I think Who would I, you bring in for Francis? He just makes some positional changes. I don't, I don't know who's coming in. Did the VFL play on the weekend? Yeah, it got smoked. Smoked by got Gold Coast. Sm- no, That's by Bris- Brisbane. 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 Got yeah. smoked. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, no one's banging the door down, as it were, Deeble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, well, Gussie's in. Gussie's in. And that man. Then you got Heaney coming back in as well. If he does. Yeah. I, I think Heaney's good with his concussion. The medical room came Mil- up before. Millsy. I think he'll be coming back in. I don't think so. Well, that'll be five weeks. I don't think so. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll risk it. I, I got no issues with bringing Mills and Heaney in. Not, nor do I. If they're ready to go. Nor do I. But I, I just don't think they will. Let me have a look. The injury front yeah, for the, the Swannies. Injury fronts. Okay, so I'll read it down the list. Okay, so. Franklin apparently has a knee injury. That's yep, a test. He can have another one. Yeah, Heaney's got a concussion. That's a test. Laddam's still two to four weeks away. Um, Tom McCartan's still listed as a test. Logan McDonald is still two to four weeks away. See, it says Callum he- Mills, one week. Yeah, so Millsy could be good to go. No, no, no. It says Mills, one week. One week. One on week. There. But it's funny. They chucked up that thing. I saw someone chuck it up. They were all sort of in the discussion. Logan McDonald as well. I'd never read into the, the times on those. No, of course not. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a decent indicator. Yeah. So, yeah, you get Heaney back. Probably probably leave Franklin on ice. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, I just think we need to try something out in that sort of that back line. You know, just Foxy, Foxy Ramps. Who else is Blakey. back there? Blakey. But you Malikin. See, Malikin. Francis. Yeah. So Francis probably stays. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know who, who you bring in. I don't want him. Don't want you him. You don't want him? No. Nah. You don't want him? Go back, to, go back to the twos, and then if we absolutely require it, like, come back in, but. I wonder if I can find the VFL stats. So we need Noah here. We do. We do. Does the footy wire have the VFL? No. Oh, well, what are we doing? Neither does the AFL app. Yeah, what a joke. <laughs> what, what This organisation. You, you love whacking it. I, it's the worst organisation. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> I think it's just everything is pulled apart in Melbourne. Too. It's like every single like we're talking no. about a fucking logo in the, in the fucking mainstream media yeah. today. You know what I mean? Every single part of the game is pulled apart and, and dissected. And can you imagine if they change the name? Oh man, fucking what a farce that would be. But yeah, have you? How are you going with those VFL? Nah, stars? they're not here. Nah, but yeah, they're the two changes. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some changes. I, I don't want a player who's that out of form in Will Haywood staying in the side. I think. I think he would really, you know, thrive on being challenged as well. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, we've got a VFL side who is dead set struggling. Depleted. I think Will Haywood would struggle going back there. Yeah, it's not going to make him better. No, so not too sure. Not too sure. But he's got a few credits in the bank too. If if Heaney is to come back in, he needs a dead set massive game. He needs to really feast on West Coast. Yeah. Kick some goals. Yeah. Well, he'd be going in the guts. Still, kick some goals. Yeah. You'd love to see it. 
But yeah. I'd love a Marty to get off the chain too. Big yeah. game for Papley as well. Papley. Papley's the one. Papley's the one. Is he the invite? He's the invite, You're inviting mate. him? Yeah, I'm inviting him. I'll be wearing... Come on, Tom. I'll be wearing the True Bloods uh, jumper on uh, Thursday. Will you? True Bloods Papley jumper. O- on the Saturday? Yeah, on Saturday. Up on there the in Saturday. the True Bloods room. In the, the Rising Sun. We'll be getting down Faithful. And the rest of the Faithful will be getting down as well. And when Tommy Paps snaps one around the corner, I'll be showing the whole pub... What we're all about here at True Bloods. And I'll tell you what, you'll have the Flurio Gin cocktails. We will. On offer. Absolutely. There'll be, be some Negronis on. getting around. There'll be the South Side getting around, mate. Yep. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to put one into my uh, onto my table. <laughs> yeah. At, well, you know what? Around about 4.30 is okay. When yeah. will we be there? From 3.30? From 3. 3 I put up. Yeah, nice. So that that'd be maybe good. a cheeky steak. Steak. We had a we steak on the weekend oh, yeah. too. You got the steak night on Wednesdays. The waggy rump. The waggy rump wasn't that a bit of a change. It was up? good. It was really really nice. Just superbly cooked. You had the nice charcoal grill flavour yeah, in there, Mads, and Smoky. it was cooked to perfection. It was. It was. Wasn't it? it was really good. Really nice change up. Not the normal thing I go for, but it was really nice. Happy sure. days. They do a great great job down there. Bloody oath they do. Um, do you want to go through the other games? Yeah, we can. The tipping. Fucking aren't we a disgrace? I can't, can't even think about it. <laughs> what did you tip I on the weekend? Uh, three. I tipped two. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> two out of six. I don't, but it's not like I'm not trying. That's the embarrassing nah, thing. So I, I wouldn't say I'm really trying now. I do our t- do my tips when we talk about it right now. That's when I put in the tips and I don't really think about it. Well, yeah, I don't look Till at then. Yeah. There's a lot of people who change their tip like before the game. Before the I game. Just, I just leave it. Yeah. Geelong and Melbourne, that could be a good contest. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The Thursday night. Yep. Melbourne. 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 Uh, Geelong. Okay. Yep. We'll probably, it'll probably be a draw. Yeah. Um, knowing us. The Swans, uh, Freo and Essendon. Optus Stadium. Geez, haven't Freo really come off since they beat us? Freo and Essendon. You've skipped down to Saturday night. Wait, you missed Friday. Oh, yeah, I missed St Kilda, Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane. How did the Saints go last week? Uh, they lost to Richmond. Lost to Richmond. A, 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 an honourable yeah, loss, but Br- a loss nonetheless. Brisbane, I think. At Marvel, so that'll yep. be a good test for them. Yep. And, Saturday um, and then Freo, Essendon. Uh, Frio. They've been pretty average. Yeah. I'm uh, going Essendon. Fair. Fair. Uh, Collingwood and Adelaide. Collingwood. Melbourne Cricket Ground. Collingwood. Yeah. Comfortably. Um, Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Hawks. And finally, that ends the bye rounds. It does. Just gets back to a little bit of normality. They've really stretched it this year. Yeah. Four weeks, isn't it? Three. It's outrageous. Three weeks, I think. Um, do you want? Do you think it'd be better in one hit? I don't. I wouldn't mind. I don't mind two weeks. You know, four four miss one week, five miss the next, and then it's back. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. But yeah, the three weeks, I agree, dragged on a bit long. And we'll uh, just touch on the top five of the tipping. We've got Jezza B, who's tipped six last week, in the lead by one. Which is nice. Dale Image online. He's tipped well. He's tipped six. Wow. One off the pace. And then you got Anson William, Pie in the Sky. Oh. Big Pete Gotsis. And the Swan 2021 who had a stinker. 
He hit tip three, and he's now three off the pace. Not good. So that's the top five. And Simply, you... I cannot stress to you how important it is that Pete Gotsis does not win this tipping comp. <laughs> For sure. So it's up to you. Yeah, Jezza B and uh, Dale Image Online, Anson William, tipping really well. Keep it up, guys. We're loving your work. Well, we might be back with the uh, social sec and then uh, the Braden Campbell interview. We will. We'll be back right after this. How good's this, Deeble? The Rising Sun Hotel in South Melbourne are hosting us and the faithful for the game against the West Coast Eagles at 4.30pm on the 24th of June. How good is that, Mads? We'll be upstairs in the True Bloods room, and I hear they've got some drink specials for us. They do, Dable. $4.50 pots, $9 pints of Carlton, and $5 wines from 3.30 till 5pm. And don't forget, $12 Bloods cocktails. They've got the Southside, and they've got the Bloods Negroni cocktails. So uh, let's get cracking, Dable. Goes really nicely, that one, Mads, the old Negroni. But they've also got some live music on Sundays as well? They do, they do. They have a great Sunday session from 3pm till 6pm. You can check out all their live music on their website calendar. Just search up Rising Sun Hotel South Melbourne. How good. So, Faithful, get down to the Rising Sun on the 24th of June. Drink specials from 3.30. Get down and support the Bloods and the Rising Sun. Welcome back to True Bloods, the social segment brought to you by... Wheeler's Oyster Farm. Uh, 162 Arthur Kane Drive, Pambula, New South Wales. You go and see Jimmy in the shed. You For? Met 20% off opened. And? Closed? Oysters. Very good. <laughs> and what do you do? You, uh... You call up Arnie Nenna and oh, Uncle Pal. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, I'm coming over to cook some oyster cool Patrick, some oyster mornays. Yes, and, uh, you know, maybe some natural oysters. As well, with, the, with a little bit of lemon. That's yes, the way you do it. correct. Well, we, we love Wheeler's Oysters for jumping on board. Do you know what, what else we love? What else do we love? We love a little bit of social engagement, and there was uh, plenty of engagement uh, post-game. We haven't done a social question this week because we had uh, young Braden Campbell come and do an interview. Um, so I just wanted to run through a few of your visceral minutes post the Brisbane game. Absolutely. And have we got a, a cheeky, cheeky shout-out? We do have a cheeky shout-out, We actually. do, and it's come through from the the Ella Rose Fergo, is her name on Instagram, is who that... is the lovely partner of Peter Schmidt. Yes, big, big member of the faithful, Peter Schmidt. So I, we understand it was your birthday last Saturday, I think it was, mate. So I hope I, you're right about I, that. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't be so specific if I were you, but but all right, if you're having a crack, you're having a crack. Having Happy a crack. birthday well, last, last week Saturday. sometime. And, uh, yeah, big shout-out here from True Bloods. We appreciate your support, Peter, and uh, we hope you're enjoying the potty and hopefully yes. you enjoy uh, the Braden Campbell interview coming up, mate. And get in a voice note, Peter. Yeah, um, this is your shout-out, your um, personal shout-out. We're inviting you to the party to just get in a voice note, make yourself known, and, uh, and I don't know, if you're in Melbourne, get down to the riser, I suppose. Exactly right, mate. Uh, but that is good. Happy birthday, Peter. Now, I yeah, just want to want to just get some visceral minutes because I, I think it was a point of contention just how people felt about it. I know me and Maddie Donnelly were okay. Deeble wasn't okay. I'm interested to see what the faithful sort of say about it. Um, let me have a squeeze. Well, I had some sore hands from the weekend. That was for sure. Sore hands. Yeah, the the old table got a few big slaps out of 
Oh, really? Of frustration. And there was some impact, was there? <laughs> Big impact. It wasn't scoreboard impact, but it was table impact. <laughs> Josh I can tell you that. Martin. Big Joshy. True Bloods, Mads and Deebs. It's J-Mart here from Roarbuck. Trust you're all as deflated as I am. Um, how good was that first quarter? Far out. I don't know what happened for the rest of the game. Uh, let's just ignore that. But the first quarter, that was some really good Bloods footy. Um, going really hard after the ball. The tackle, the pressure. Oh, isn't it just beautiful? Uh, anyway, looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, anyway. Um, for some reason, I can't remember the rest of the game. So, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good game, boys. Um, yeah, anyway, up the bloods, up the potty. On you, J-Mart. On you, J-Mart. Big Dan John, he's got yeah, a couple Dan for John, us. Dan John, he's got a few. Oh, boy, this mid-game. Umpiring is god-awfully horrible. We haven't touched on that. I not to swear there. The umpiring is god awfully horrible, and it looks like the Swans have have come out and they're afraid to tackle because they're going to give away a free kick. This is just disgraceful. Um, this is not the game. Um, this is bringing the game clearly into disrepute, which the AFL love to fucking dole out to anybody that they even think does anything wrong in the slightest. This is just. This is just horrible. What do we do, boys? What do we do? We, we can't put up with this bullshit. But it's, it's almost as if the AFL forces us to put up with this shit. What are we, <laughs> what are we going to do? Charge AFL house? I'm going to write a letter. Uh, a strongly AFL. worded letter. <laughs> For sure. You got Mickey Saunders is the next one, which is up a little bit. Michael Saunders. Just having a quick squeeze. Just up about five or six from that last yeah, one. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, there he is. Big Mickey Saunders. Big Mick, here we go. Oh, this is yesterday. Hey, Mads and Deebles. It's uh, Big Saunders here. Impressive <laughs> effort on the weekend. I thought the effort and intensity around the ball was much better. Um, lacking a little bit of polish with the skill execution. It was nice to see Gussie Boy kick two snags. Harry Cunningham giving him a bit of credit. He took Charlie Cameron, gave him the wet blanket, zero goals. Um, I thought Goulden and Parker really stood up throughout the midfield. Um, Brandon Campbell starting to, yeah, hit some form, Brandon. which is really nice to see. It looks like he's packed on a little bit of muscle, which is really nice. Um, disappointing about the Lizard um, getting subbed. And, uh, yeah, it will be nice <laughs> to see, get it wasn't just me back this weekend. Um, Logan McDonald doesn't seem too far away. Lance, Haynes, um, the Rolls-Royce, Callum Mills. I think we're in, you know, a, a weird position at the moment where we're bottom four, but, yeah, I'm feeling pretty excited about the future. we got West Coast this weekend. Are we going down to the rising sun to absolutely pump the Eagles and send them back to WA? Let's go. It's funny Mickey uh, mentions Rolls-Royce there. It'd be nice to have Millsy back. But I was listening to the Bulldogs game on Sunday, Mads. Yes. And there was a certain commentator. I can't remember his name, and it doesn't matter because he's off his sconty. But he was calling Marcus Bontempelli the Rolls-Royce, and I felt sick to oh, my guts. Oh, no, I heard that as well. I felt sick to me guts because... The Bont doesn't do it like Millsy. Nah, he's a doesn't. great player, the Bont, but he's not the Rolls Royce. I Agreed. can tell you that much. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Jack Bissett's. G'day, guys. It's Jack from Cottesloe. I was 
pretty happy with that game, to be honest. I thought there were massive parts of it where we looked every bit as good as Brisbane, and that doesn't happen very often at the Gabba, their quality. Uh, special shout-out to James Robarometer, <laughs> a.k.a. Jimmy Robottom. Don't reckon there are many better players to watch when they're up and about, to be honest. He just doesn't stop, and he makes the best of the best like, look like amateurs sometimes. There was a play where he just stole the ball off Josh Dunkley. That doesn't happen. He made him look like an amateur. I don't think he's got any fucking clue how good he is, this kid. One guy who does know how good he is is Luke, captain of the decade, Parker. Man, did we miss him against the Saints. Up the Swans, up the potty. On you, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We missed him so much against the Saints. We did. We did, mate. Gotti, if you jump over onto your Facebook, Matt. I'll, I'll get onto the, the Facebook. Yeah, jump, we are on your Instagrams and we are on your Facebook. We're on your Twitters. We're on your TikToks. Jesus. You've been doing some work on TikTok. Yeah, been doing some work, operating heavy in the areas, mate. You know how it is. Who have we got? We go. You can go with the ever reliable. Saunder. Saunder. Oh, Saunder on. Oh, wow. We. Here we go. G'day, lads. Saunder from Pennant Hills here. It's not often that I'm glass half full about a loss, but we took it up to Brisbane on Friday night. And for the first time in a long time, I can say that I feel a lot of pride in how spirited the boys were. Plenty of hometown decisions for sure, although Brisbane probably should have won by more if they were more accurate. But having said that, we fought to the bitter end. We looked like a cohesive unit again. Finally, we looked like a team playing for each other and for the coach. And let me just say, we can keep using the co-captain system. The whole team can be co-captains for all I care. But I said this to Mads a couple weeks ago. There is only one true captain, one true leader of this football club. And everybody knows his name is Luke Parker. That post-game talk looked so inspiring. There isn't a single player who doesn't shut up and listen because he's got their respect. I love him way more than I can even describe. <laughs> Good on you. Up the potty, up the swannies. Yeah, that was huge post-game, yeah. wasn't it? We haven't brought it up, but we posted it on Sunday. It, it was good to see that sort of happen. Uh, I think it would have been words to the effect as we're, we're not travelling that bad. We're, yeah. we're, we're bloody close to this all um, sort that, of clicking. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's sort of the tone I think it would have taken. Matty Stavros. Go the bloods. Up the bloods. <laughs> Little bit of manifesting there. Loved it. It's good. This you is your you... Sensei yeah. Deebles speaking. <laughs> Jeez, that was some of my better content. I might have to put out another Sensei video. I think you might video, have to. Um, this Hold week. on. Lucy Redden. Loose. Hello, Mads and Deebs and the faithful. I have two things. I would like to say, first thing is Del Stevens' mum is so nice, so massive shout-out to her. And secondly, I think Aaron Francis would do really good in high jump. And she Thanks. Got another one. <laughs> Hello, Mads and Deeps and the faithful Lucy oh, from Brisbane. I've stitched her. I've That's stitched right. her. The first one's fine. First one's good, Lucy. First one's good, Lucy. Um, 
And Scalesy. Scalesy. And we're done. Oh, he's got Hello, questions Brendan, for Brayden. here. I just want to know, have you actually measured how far you could kick the ball? Like, have you been out in the SCG or Moore Park and just measured it? Also, I just want to a debate. Is Stephen Carey the best player to come out of Pennant Hills? He was one of my favourites in the 90s. <laughs> Up the bloods. Well, that Very probably good. leads us in nicely. It does. To the interview with Braden Campbell. But I do want to just touch on a couple of things. Beanie should be here this week. They should be. They should be here this week. Um, if we do have them and you are in Melbourne... I will bring them to the Rising Sun. Yeah, we can bring them in for sure, but we won't commit to that till we've got them in our hot yep. hands. We were expecting them today or tomorrow, I yep. think, from the last um, contact we had. So fingers crossed for that. But yeah, we'll go. We'll uh, jump into Braden's interview. Here we Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Swan Superstar, left the best left foot in the league, faithful. It's Braden Campbell. How are we, Braden? How are you going? Hey guys, going well. Thanks thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Mate, uh we're we're, we're bloody excited to have you on. I think you're the, the first guest <laughs> of uh of twenty twenty three, is it Debel? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh yeah, so thanks very much for putting some time aside for us, mate. Uh how how's the day been? Uh big training session today? Yeah, it was a big training session. Um, yeah, I uh, started the club at seven thirty. Had a few meetings and uh, had to see the physios this morning, and then training later on in the morning, and then a few more meetings in the afternoon. So it was a fairly long day at the club, but um, always always fun to be there. And how is the body feeling so far um, this year, mate? You know, we're what thirteen, fourteen games into the season now. Third season for yourself. Um, how's the rig travelling? Um, yeah, it's all good at the moment. Got uh, small small issues going on, but nothing major to to keep me out of game. So happy and fortunate to be um, uh, yeah without any too many major injuries. Um, but yeah, I'm just um, excited to play play every week and happy to get through the season thus far. Well, I'll tell you what, Braden, we don't need any more bloody injuries. So it's good to hear <laughs> that your uh, your body's going well, mate. Take us through um, just a, a little bit about the the sort of early life. Was it uh, was it Westbrook Juniors uh, Footy Club that you came from? Yeah, it was it was Westbrook Juniors, and um, that was a great club. And um, played there. I think I started there when I was under under ten or under eleven, around that age, and then played there till I was 16, so enjoyed enjoyed that club. It was a great club. Now, Braden, it's not a time to be modest here, mate. Uh, when, when was the time in your sort of your junior career when you sort of you knew you, you had a bit of skill about you and, you know, the game was coming to you naturally? When do you think the sort of the penny dropped that, you know, you could make something of, of an AFL career, I guess? Um, yeah, it would have been when I was... Oh, I think it was under fifteen uh, state carnival, um, so there's like a schoolboy sort of a sort of comp. So we, I made the the um, AFL team for the for the zone um, at that time, and then we went on to compete um, to make the state team. And when I made that team, I was sort of um, looking at the future, like this could be something that I want to want to pursue. And yeah, happy I chose the, the AFL pathway. Um, and yeah, it's paid off. Because there's a there's a, a period when you sort of get into the Swans Academy, of which you're um, a notable alumni from, uh, along with Errol, um, which is good. There's a, a period where there's sort of a cut off point, isn't there? 
Yeah, correct. That's uh, I think that's under 16s because they're going from under 15 to under 16 is a big cutoff point, um, and that's obviously made made the cut with with Errol, um, and that was also a turning point as well. But Errol and I actually got us when we were 15 to go up into the under 16s attitude just to test ourselves a bit more, and yeah, that's also a, a, a turning point for me where I realised I could I could make something of it. Yeah, for sure. That's huge for you. Yeah, getting the, the call up in underage footy going from, you know, playing as an underager in that under-16 side. That's huge, mate. And and how mints that going through all of that, uh, which would have been pretty tough with Errol? How good's that? Yeah, it was awesome. Like, obviously, if you'd um, played all that by yourself, it would have been pretty hard. And it still was hard playing against um, older people, but doing the whole process with Errol was, was, it just made it so much easier. Now, Brayden, just tell us a little bit about the academy as such. Uh, you know, it's spoken about a lot, you know, amongst Swanee supporters and, you know, the footy factory that we do have at uh, the Swanee's academy, mate. Just to run us through, sort of, say when you're 15, 16, what, you know, your, your footy season might look like in the Swans academy. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's changed a lot since I started in, the, um, in that age group, so... For what my season looked like when I was there, we'd um, we'd play three games against the Giants. So it was um, under sixteen Swans against under sixteen Giants, and then from there, a team was made to form the the state team. Um, and so they they picked the best players out of those out of those three games to um, play for your state, and then from there, um, you compete against other states, and then. Um, so the other states we compete against would be Queensland, Tasmania, and NT as well. Um, and then going further from there, they make the allies team, which are the best players from those states. Um, and then they compete against the, the largest states like WA, Victoria, um, SA as well. So that's, that's sort of the Swans and, and the Giants as well. It's sort of like a starting point um, to your yeah, AFL. Um, and it's the same point to get drafted, I guess, in a way, but you learn most of your footy at Swans. Um, with Errol, with as Errol and I did, we learned most of our footy with the Swans um, at under sixteen, um, and then we just carried on into other teams from there. Yeah, it's a lovely pathway in Maiden, and both yeah. Errol and yourself. Were you both lucky enough to get selected for the Australian side as well at some point? Yeah, I don't mention it too much because it sounds a bit, a bit <laughs> stupid saying you played for Australia in, in AFL because it's the only sport that we play. Uh, so I don't mention it too often, but yeah, um, we, we were both, um, we we had a great carnival playing for, for the Allies and we both got picked um, to, to play for Australia, which we played against the New Zealand men's team, which was actually a really fun day. The New Zealand men's team? Yeah, we, um, it's, I think now they play against um, a VFL team, whichever team that might, that, oh, yeah, that right. may be, but I think it's changed a bit from when Errol and I were there, but yeah, we played against the uh, the men's thing from NZ, which is, um, was, yeah, it was great fun. How good. Yeah, the New Zealand boys would have come off squeaky clean after that one, mate, wouldn't they? You would have given them a touch-up? Uh, yeah, I think we won by close to 100. So <laughs> it was, it was, as I said, it was, it was good fun that day. Um, let's, um, let's just cast our mind back to the finals last year. Yeah. What was the vibe like around the club? We we sort of roll in, knock off Melbourne at the G, have a classic against the Pies in the prelim, and then on to uh, on to grand final week. What was what was the vibe around Moor Park? 
um, obviously the the end result wasn't what we wanted, but the overall build up to the grand final, if you talk about the, the that's Melbourne all we care the, about, Braden, the build up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the build up was great. So like we we knocked off the off the D's, um, beat the Pies as well. So those those two games are something that I've that's at the forefront of my mind. So I know everything off by like what happened in that game and. Yeah, I was a sub for, for both those games, and um, was, um, I came on um, against Collingwood as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. But then the, the build up itself to the grand final, like the the whole week itself, was just preparing for because we had such a young team, which is preparing all the young boys for what to expect during the week. And then obviously you had um, we had that drive on the um, on the I think it was the river down there on the back of Utes as well. We did that, um, and then you stand up on the stage in front of, um, I think it was over 200,000 people. It was pretty daunting, but it was such a, an amazing experience. And looking back on it, um, yeah, it was something that I'll, I'll always cherish. And it was just such a, a great week, um, despite um, the, obviously not the, um, not the outcome that we wanted. Yeah, for sure, mate. It was a it was a, a tough afternoon uh, that Saturday, for sure, mate. A, a quick question I might pose to you: How did how did you find coming on as a sub uh, in both that prelim and the grand final? How, how did you deal? How do you deal and prepare yourself uh, as a sub to sort of impact the game when you know you don't necessarily know when you're coming on? It's it's a, it's a hard way to prepare because you could go on in the first minute of the game or you can go on in the last um, last of the game. So you just have to um, prepare like you're playing a full game, I guess. Um, that's that's how I took it um, and that's what I, what I did. So you're just constantly um, ready to go and the build-up to the game is preparing like you are playing a full game. So that's hydrating, eating well, sleeping well, just doing everything you would normally um, as if you were playing a full game. And then when the time comes for you, if it is your turn to, to, to play, then you just know you've done everything you can to perform and um, the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it must be pretty hard in a in an intense environment such as a prelim or a grand final to prepare yourself. So you did you did well, Braden. Um, I, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. I guess being a, um, a a younger bloke in in the in the club, who do you sort of look to? I mean, I know there's a strong leadership group at Sydney, but is there anyone you particularly gravitate to when perhaps you've got something on your mind or you want to sort of work on things? Who do you go to? Um, yeah, it's it's more. Um, I lean on the leaders of where I'm playing um, on the field. So, like as in my first two years, I was playing down back. So I lean on Dane Ramp. He was a massive um, person for me who I went to for advice if I was out of form, if I was trying to get back into the team, if I just been dropped. So I went to him for for a few things my first two years, and now that I'm playing more more in the mids, I look at Luke Parker. Um, he's a great, great bloke, and he's sort of taken me under his wing this year. And I get lots of advice from him, um, and I look to him as well. Um, and then off the field, I also look to um, to Lance as well. He's a great fellow, and he's always he's always up for a chat. Uh, I speak to him a fair bit as well. For sure, mate. And is that sort of where you see 
the best, uh, your best position on the field as such, sort of working your way into that midfield. You have definitely been impacting the contest a little bit more, sort of this back half of the season and getting forward and, and using that uh, left foot of yours, mate. And there's a nice goal you kicked on the weekend. Uh, is that where you sort of see yourself uh, playing your best footy? Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I, I played juniors um, as, a, as a mid and also at halfback, so I enjoyed everywhere I've played um, thus far. Um, so I'm happy just to be on the field and I'll play wherever the coaches put me. But yeah, I enjoy playing inside, playing wing and also halfback, so I'm not really fast about where I play. Yeah, for sure, mate. And look, it's, it's really good to see uh, you really getting some continuity in your game this year. I think you, you would be one of not many to play every game so far this season. How's the general vibe around the group at the moment? Um, you know, we're doing a little bit tough in the wins and loss column as such, but I don't think it's, it's as bad as it seems um, from, from a wins and losses from a wins and losses yeah. perspective yeah. for sure. How's the general morale? Um, yeah, we're still um, we still know that we can make a finals and we can go deep into finals as well. We've got the people to do it, and um, the the list hasn't changed much from last year, so we know. Um, how to do it, and we know that we've got the people to do it. So we've addressed some some issues that I'll keep in house. But um, overall, like the the team's very very hyped up about the next few weeks to come, and um, we're excited about the the challenge that we've been faced, and we're just going to embrace it. So everyone everyone's on board, and um, just yeah, just really um, excited to. To, to play the next few weeks. Oh, we love hearing that. We bloody love hearing that. Now, speaking <laughs> speaking of which, as a as a group, we sort of have a look at at your Instagrams and the Facebooks, and and you just seem like such a close group of mates. Would that be fair to say? Yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fair to say. It's the closest group of boys I've ever been a part of, and yeah, I've played in a, in a few teams in in my AFL. Um, and this is definitely the closest team. Um, but we've got such a mix of people that, in a way, bring us tighter because we all got different stories, different backgrounds. And, um, yeah, as, as I said, that probably brings us closer as a group. And, yeah, I just enjoy every every time I'm at the club. There's someone to talk to and you just, yeah, I just enjoy it. A few few gags would be cracked around training, I would have thought. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's always, always someone having a laugh about something. So that's why it makes, makes it so, so much fun and, um, yeah, I just enjoy every every time at the club. Who's who's the best gagger? Um, the funniest boy would probably be be uh, Joel Amati or or Lizard. Um, they're both very very funny <laughs> bikes. So, um, if you're around them, you you'll have a laugh for sure. Yeah, we definitely definitely want to get Lizard on at some point for sure. <laughs> That's funny. For sure, and you talk about the, the group as such there, mate. How, how would you describe, it's always talked about in the general media, the Bloods culture. How, how would you define the, the Bloods culture as such? Yeah, it's, it's as you said, it's, uh, well, as, as I said before, it's such a, a close group and that Bloods culture is like, you, you'll see it on game day, like we you, we don't let a man stand up by himself. If he's on the ground, everyone's... Um, Runs over to help him up. If that's one or one one bloke or two, we're just always trying to help someone off the ground. So it's that fact that you're not you're not standing alone out there, and you've got your teammates behind you, and then um, yeah, your mates always always have your back if you're having a, a rough day. They've always got your back, and yeah, as I said, it's probably leads to that such a tight bond we've got, and that's 
the Bud's culture coming through. And when it's your turn to go, you go. Is that about right? Absolutely. When it's your turn to go, you just got to go. For sure, mate. And we, we've just got a few questions from the faithful. That's what we call our listeners, <laughs> Braden. And there's a lot of questions about this left foot of yours and whether it's insured by QBE or, or, or whatever, <laughs> mate. But um, has it always been a big strength of yours, um, you know, the penetration you've got in that left foot, mate? Um, it's something I've worked on for, for a long time, but I remember when I was back at junior footy, I was, I mean, I was under 14 and I just thought, why can't, why can't I kick 50? So I gave it a go and I was, <laughs> I was pretty close to it. Um, I felt just short. So, um, I'd, every training session after that, I'd try and kick from 50 to see if I can improve that. And, um, as the years went on, the, I stepped further back and, um, yeah, now I just practice doing that. Do you put the left boot on first, Brayden? Uh, yeah, it is actually a superstition. I've got, <laughs> really? I've got to tie the left. Yeah, I've got to put the left boot on and tie it up before the right. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. This it's, uh, um, it's a small thing I do, but I just I don't know. I just have to do it. Yeah, bloody oath. Um, any more questions there, Dable? Yeah, I've got one here from Daniel Saunders, one of the big contributors of the show. He He's said, a Pennant Hill, Hills boy, actually. From Pennant Hills as well. He <laughs> says, is there a big difference in between the execution of field kicking and goal kicking? If so, what have you done um, in preparation for both your routine in both, obviously, your field kicking and your set shot kicking? Yeah, um, so I'll start off with um, with my field kicking. I sort of, I I drive my legs a, a lot, um, so it's just, um, sort of making sure you're on the run when you're kicking, and then just before you kick, you take a few steps just to compose yourself, just to balance yourself, um, and then yeah, the, your technique takes care of the rest. Um, so that's what I do for field kicking, and then goal kicking. Um, in, in when I'm inside fifty, I do six steps and then four on the run, and then when I'm outside fifty, it's a complete opposite. So four steps and then six on the run. Yeah, right. There you go. I've so that, got, that, that's my kicking routine. Yeah. yeah nice insight there, mate. Yeah, that's, that's massive insight. <laughs> um, now, I've got one from Kelly Voss here. Braden, who has the superior left foot, you or Errol? Um, I'll say Errol. <laughs> Errol's kicking is the, – the past three years, it's, it's been incredible. Like this, the, the kicks he's been able to pull off is something that not many people can do. And, yeah, he's, he's incredible. And he's, he's taught me how to do a few kicks across – um, across myself and um, I'm using the outside of the boot, something I've never done, and yeah, he's, he's taught me a lot. Yeah, for sure. You've got some skills between you two boys, that's for sure, mate. <laughs> and Riles Macker goes with, do you believe you'll start to play higher up the ground knowing that you're really able to penetrate with the great with that great leg of yours inside 50 and for goal? And I suppose we have seen a little bit of, you know, getting into the midfield. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, at the moment I'm just in... Um, comfortable where I'm playing on the wing and just enjoying that for the time being and um, feel like I'm playing okay footy at the moment and just trying to just trying to build on that. Um, so, yeah, but at the same time, I'm happy to play where the coaches want me. Uh, if that's down back, if that's forward, if that's wing, maybe even inside. But uh, for the time being, I'm just enjoying my AFL at the moment and just trying to build on what I've got at the moment. The wing's, for mine, the bloody hardest position on the ground to play. So, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, it's it's different to playing down back. It's it's a it's a lot more running up and down. Like you're in the forward fifty, then you're in the in the D fifty, and you got to work up and back. And then 
um, across as well. Um, but I'm just enjoying it. Um, I feel like it's with all the space that you get on on the grounds. Um, I can use my strength. That's the speed and my, and my kicking. I can I can use that. And um, now I'm just enjoying AFL at the moment. Bloody oath, mate. And an interesting one here, mate. Who do you reckon would be leading the Swannies best and fairest at the moment? Um, Nick Blake, he's had a pretty good season. He'd, he'd definitely be up there. Um, an underrated one is probably, um, probably Rowie. Yeah, I was, a, I was about I'd, to I'd say. I'd put him up there. He's having, having an incredible season. And then um, Tom Papley as well. You can always count on him for a few votes. So I think those three would, would be up there. Um, but, oh, Errol, how can I forget Errol as well? He's had an incredible <laughs> season. Um, Errol, Errol's definitely up there. Chatty as well. They're just consistent players. Um, so I think whichever those top five are just named, they'd, they'd be up there. For sure. Well, look, that probably about wraps us up, Braden. We really, really appreciate you coming on. We we love, obviously, you know, the faithful love hearing from from players, and it's great of the Swans to to be able to help give us give us access to you guys. So, really, really appreciate you coming on, Braden, and uh, and a big game against West Coast coming up. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's um, been incredible, and yeah, it's looking forward to this weekend's game against West Coast. It'll be be a great game, and. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on, Braden, mate. Um, we appreciate your time and uh, best of luck for the end, rest of the year, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks very much for that. That was great. Well, how bloody good was that, Mads? We love Braden Campbell. Good we young fella. Yeah, good, good fella. Good young fella. You've got to remember, he's only 20, 21, I think. So. He's 21. Yep. Pennant Hills product. The Pennant Hills Football Factory. Your Saunders. You got your, you got your Daniel Saunders. <laughs> you got your Stephen, Stephen Carries. We know them all from Pennant Hills. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, that's sensational. And um, hopefully, you know, over, you know, before the end of the year, we can snag someone else and get them on here. But oh, it, it's, it's really good to get the insight from the players. I want to get, I want to have two more on before the end of the year. Yeah. That's the goal. It'd be nice for sure. And uh, thank you to the Swannies for setting that up. Yeah. For so sure, big Tom been... Tom Chadwick for looking after that after us in the media uh, in the media department of the Swannies. He's uh, done us a solid there, and you know if you sort of get behind the show um, and you know like everything that we post and subscribe on on your Apple reviews and leave us a review. Yeah, the, the reviews are phenomenal. The reviews give us a really good exposure, and it shows when people go there that it's not just garbage that they're going to be listening for to. sure so if you're listening on your apple device and you're on the apple podcast just jump on there five star review would be lovely faithful and a nice written review they um they really help the show and the same over on the spotify rate five stars and give us a follow over there and it's just going to help the show um the show grow and then you know if we're getting better numbers we can you know go to the club and say look we're getting these numbers you know it's great exposure for everyone Bloody so, Arthur, everybody so keep, wins so keep supporting the show we really appreciate it but that just about wraps us up doesn't about it about wraps us up this has been true bloods mads the number one independent sydney swans fan podcast number one in the hearts number one in the charts speaking words of wisdom up the potty you know what the best thing about the Rising Sun South Melbourne is, Mads? What's that, Debel? It's the steaks down at the Riser. Oh, we love the steaks down at the Riser. They've got your porterhouses. They've got your eye fillets. And if you really want to treat yourself, Mads, they've got the ribeye from Cape Grim, which is absolutely sensational. 
You know what? Might even get stuck into a South Melbourne dim sim while I'm down there too, Dable. <laughs> For sure. They've got yeah, the new chili mussels and the Asian-style pork belly as well as a special this month. So get on down to the riser for a feed. Plenty of gluten-free options too.